Hello and welcome to the first episode of Dot to Dot. Before we go much further, it's probably a good idea to call out what this podcast is and what it is not. So I've had pretty mixed reviews about the name already, but as with everything, we put forward what we think is best. We evaluate, we learn, and we grow. Contrary to some feedback from some of my clever friends, Dot to Dot is not a Dalmatian love story, although I would like to acknowledge that Dalmatians are cool, especially the ones that work at fire stations. No, this podcast is for exploring best practice from outside of education and connecting what is relevant for teachers. Here we provide the connection, or we connect the dots, between successful industry practice and potential classroom application. This podcast takes interesting examples from industry and shines a light on how this can be applied to teachers. The intent is not to tell teachers what to do, but rather ask, hey, is this relevant for you? I learned a few things in teaching and that explaining it in the one way is not always the best way, so I'll have another try. Another way to think about this podcast is to look for black swans. In 16th century Europe, the black swan was used as a metaphor for the unlikely or improbable because everyone that had seen a swan in 16th century Europe had seen a white swan. Therefore, all swans are white. Everybody knows swans are white because every experience reinforces white swans. The problem was, of course, one of perspective because if you happen to talk to someone in Australia where there are black swans, then the black swan is no longer such an apt metaphor for improbability. So the point here is that the experiences you have and have reinforced by others shape your knowledge and understanding of the world. This is interesting to me because as an educator, I found that I studied under educators, I read literature written by educators for educators, and I reflected on it with educators. Don't get me wrong, it's been awesome. After all, if you haven't had the joy of rewriting your scope and sequence to implement the changes in a new curriculum, then what can you tell me about teaching? But recently, I've found myself working in a new context, and it's challenging some of my prior experiences. I'm finding a world full of metaphoric black swans. So it occurred to me that I'm learning great things that I wish I knew when I was teaching, and that these things are broadening my perspective and helping me make connections that I couldn't see. I'm connecting the dots in a way that I never have before. Now, it's made me wonder. I wonder if anyone else wants to know these things. I wonder if this is useful or interesting or important for someone else. So this podcast is about providing a connection between industry best practice or good ideas from the outside world and education. My simple logic here is if I investigate the practices of brands that have been successful, then I'll learn something relevant to educators that I can share so that they can decide if it's useful for themselves. I never had the opportunity to do this other than superficially as a teacher because I didn't have the time. I love learning, I love pursuing new thoughts, I love experimenting and I love trialing new things. But the reality of my teaching life was I didn't have the time or headspace to see it through. But now I do have that time. I have the opportunity to dive deeper and I want to share that with you. I want to invite you in because I know that if it's useful, you'll use it. For sure, not everything here will be a good fit, In fact, what I encourage you to do as you're listening to this podcast is to be really critical in your thinking, interrogate the ideas here, weigh up each point on its own merit and make decisions for yourself. See what sticks. 
a great outcome for me here would be that each episode provokes a little bit of a conversation, a bit of a chat, dialogue in the staff room between teachers with differing opinions. No schools are the same. No teachers are the same. Certainly no classes are the same. Monday's different to Friday, that's for sure. All the answers aren't here, but some of the questions might be. So with the exception of this introduction episode, I'll be interviewing a guest about the strategies and processes that they incorporate within their successful brands. Hopefully when you finish each episode, you'll have an evaluative statement as a response. doesn't matter if it's positive or negative, just a clear statement of opinion and a clear justification of that position. So to be a little bit more specific, after the next episode, you might walk away thinking, that strategy UNICEF uses for prioritizing projects is super interesting. I'm going to try and apply that strategy on how I reflect and reset on my school plan at the end of this year, because I've got similar issues of trying to do too many things at once. And all of these things are important, and all of these things are interdependent. So which one am I going to drop? Or maybe you'll listen to a different episode and you'll have more of a student focus with your takeaway. For example, the way Red Bull uses a strength-based approach to goal setting made me think about the way I set goals for my kids. I guess what I'm saying here is, the deal is, I'll try and find connections between industry and education, and you remain critical and evaluative about what you hear. I often hear that what we want students to be is lifelong learners and critical and creative thinkers. Well, the best way I know to teach something is to be authentic, to model it and be the change you want to see in the world. And that's exactly what I'm aiming to do here. So if you've made it this far, I probably should introduce myself. My name's Ryder Tracy, and I'm an educator who has had a really fortunate career teaching and leading schools and systems. I'd like to take this moment to acknowledge that I'm joining you today from Darawal country, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging, and I'd like to recognise the importance of education in empowering a cultural perspective. I care deeply about education. It's been the focus of my entire professional life. I've seen the good side and the bad side of data, evidence and evaluation. I understand how many hours there are in a school day, in a school week and in a school year. And I know that the job list never ends, certainly not at three o'clock. I'm yet to meet a teacher or a school who wants to be judged purely on statistics. And I'm yet to believe a school who only tells me stories. I have all the jargon and the pedagogical weaponry required to spin a slick sentence about the need to pivot in an evolving learning space for paradigm shift for future-focused innovative problem solving in the 21st century. And I've also taught enough classes, written enough reports, and endured enough reforms to know that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So in short, the perspective I bring here is an informed one, but also a curious one. In education, We're blessed with a breadth and depth of literature and evidence that help us confidently know what works best. And a quick shout out to my friends at the Department of Ed and CeCe for their work synthesising that into a palatable piece. But the literature and evidence for what works is clear, as are the concepts and themes. What I wonder is what works next? How do we build on the shoulders of giants and take what we already know and apply it to educate the world of the future? It's no secret that the world is moving super fast. And the skills from yesterday aren't necessarily the skills we need for tomorrow. What does that mean for teachers? The way we teach, what we teach, and when we teach it. 
I don't mean the cliche Henry Ford production line reference. What I'm curious about is innovation through idea diffusion. What do other people already know that I don't? And what happens if I use analogous thinking to apply that idea to education? I want to tackle the concept of innovation in education. Innovative is nearly a word that I can't use. I hear so many people use it in so many different ways to mean so many different things. It's not a new word, but it is certainly in vogue now in a way that it wasn't 10 years ago. If I asked 100 teachers to define innovation in education for me, I'd probably get 103 different responses, most of them referencing technology or some form of PBL. So allow me a minute to define what I mean when I say I want to tackle the concept of innovation in education. Innovation comes in two forms. The first is innovation as revolution. Innovation as revolution is something that's never been done before. It's brand new. It's revolutionary. An idea so new that it's never occurred before. The second is innovation as evolution. Innovation as evolution when an existing practice is evolved or the innovative practice is new to this setting. We've never done this before here. A problem with being innovative in education is that by its nature, it hasn't been tried and tested. It doesn't mean it's not worth doing. It just means that the further we get from the evidence base, the riskier it feels for us as teachers and educators to try. After all, we're trialing with kids. We're trialing with their futures. We're trialing with their learning. This stuff's important. So I wonder if our reluctance to try some of these innovative practices come from the Inchtelong effect. This is the idea that expertise can actually be a barrier to creative problem solving. It means that the barrier to innovation and growth comes from the more you know. The more you know and the more experience you have, the harder it can be to come up with the idea to solve the problem. Teachers are the greatest problem solvers I know. So it makes sense to me that we draw upon our experience and the evidence base to inform our activity. But it also makes sense to me that there are ideas out there that we could harness to evolve our practice, that we could combine the two. Sometimes an outsider can be just the trigger we need to unlock that problem. As a teacher, this really made sense to me. At times, I've found myself trying to solve a problem, kids' behaviour, kids' learning, you know, whatever it is, programming, time management, all sorts of things. And I've tied myself in knots trying to think through how I'm going to solve that problem only to have a colleague casually suggest a really elegant solution in a single glance that never would have occurred to me in a million years. So we know for sure we can learn from others, but maybe sometimes those others just need to be a little bit more removed from us so that we can really spark that kind of new thinking. So if you're on the border right now of deciding whether this podcast has any relevance to you or not, let's do a quick check. I know all teachers love multiple choice, so... Here we go. It's the easiest to mark, right? This podcast is for you if A. You can suspend judgment and have an evaluative mindset. B. You believe that there are things worth learning from outside of education. C. You think it is worth testing new ideas. D. You are still listening. This podcast is not for you if A. You already know everything. B. You don't have time for this. C. You are this far through and you don't think I'm funny. 
Great. If you're still with me here, then that's excellent news. Thank you. I know you have lots of other things you could be doing right now. So let me cut to a few sneak peeks of the content we'll be covering in the next few weeks. Next week, I'll be talking to UNICEF. It goes without saying that UNICEF is a successful brand that stands for what is good in the world. In this episode, we'll look at how they manage the ever-changing complexity of their work and how they overcome difficulties of working with uncertainty and a high number of variables. If that sounds a bit academic, which it does, basically what we're talking about is, hey, UNICEF's got really big problems and heaps of them. How do they choose which one to focus their energy on? We'll explore their strategies and what that's like for a school. In episode three, we'll talk with Atlassian about collaboration and collaborative problem solving. The question I hear the most in meetings, the most vanilla one that we use a lot is just why. And I love it because it normally comes up at a moment when you're building a certain amount of momentum in one direction and you're just about to go, I think we've got it. Someone goes, why? And you're like, oh, oh yeah, like why? We'll go through some practical strategies of how we can really think about the problems we're trying to solve, how we solve them and who we solve them with. Episode four will take us into unpacking the power of novelty and engagement with Facebook. Creativity is just utilizing your imagination to solve a problem. And there isn't a person on the planet who hasn't at one point used their imagination to solve a problem. So what's the science behind our actions? Does the way our brain work influence the way we receive and retain information? What does that mean for the class I'm teaching next Tuesday? What does that mean for professional learning on Monday afternoon? Join us in episode five, where we'll introduce you to the rocket stove and problem solving in Burundi. This is a creatable project, and it really exemplifies what we're trying to do here. It's the story of idea diffusion. Oh, vraiment, pour le Burundi, le projet Creatable. C'est un projet qui, tout d'abord, donne des compétences aux adolescents. It's teachers as change agents and education in its purest form. How does a stove designed in Sydney become embedded in the curriculum of the poorest country in the world? How does the students learning that curriculum impact the lives and families across 10 provinces in Burundi? So I invite you to come on this journey with me I hope you're as excited as I am. I hope your interest has peaked and the appetite is wet. You might think that the second half of Term 4, probably not the best time to launch, particularly in 2021. But I also know that the start of Term 1, 2022, Term 3, or Term 4 next year will also be busy. There's no quiet time in schools and we all know that. So let's get on with it. So to finish, I'll leave you with this quote from George Bernard Shaw, an Irish playwright. While I don't agree with all he said, I do like this one. Progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Thanks for listening to the Dot to Dot episode one. Please subscribe to the podcast so next week you can join us as we go through strategies with UNICEF that could be applied in your school. 